forbid us to come? Or do we come and do we believe? So we're going to go to the Lord now in a time of prayer and supplication. Please, uh, this, is, this is a time for you to say your needs to the Lord and also intercede on behalf of those that you know need a prayer. So please join me as we go to the Lord with expectation. God, you know what we need even before we come. But we still come anyway. We acknowledge our need of you. We acknowledge that we are not self-sufficient people. We are always and constantly in need of your provision, your care, your lordship, your guidance, your daily bread. So, Father, I pray on behalf
his free sovereign choice when it comes to salvation. Election means God freely chooses the people who come to save and faith in Jesus. It's his choice, his decision, his initiative, his prerogative, his, his unmerited favor, it's a father's election from him to you. Look at verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the, father, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, as he chose us in Christ before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. God chose us. The pronoun there refers to people who already have saving faith in Jesus Christ. If you are believers today, if you are a believer this morning, God chose you to be. He chose you to be. John 6, 44 says, No one comes to me unless the Father who sent me draws. God draws people to Christ in election, but do we believe? Now, it's true, even if you don't. But do you believe? What criteria do y'all think God uses to determine who he chooses? Have you ever thought about that? When you read these verses? What do y'all, what do you have to do to make sure you're one of the chosen ones? Right. Listen, beloved, election isn't like a pickup game of basketball where captains get to pick the players who are going to be on their team. And everyone who's ever played pickup basketball knows the best players get picked first and the worst players last. Why? Because that, because that choosing and that picking and electing is all based upon a player's merit. If a player has a good basketball game and good skills, he or she is going to get picked first. And if you're like me, you're going to get picked last. It's all based upon the player's merit. But please understand, uh, the, the, uh, the, the election that I'm talking about is not based upon the merit of God's people. He doesn't choose you because of your present good merit. Nor does he choose you because he foresees down the road that you're going to be good and have good merit. If you are a Christian today, God shows you for one reason, his free sovereignty. His
say more about the content later in the conversation. But right now, I have another question. We stay alert, don't shoot me off. Don't let the smartphone be a distraction. Here's the question. When did God choose you for his kingdom? Was it the moment you believed? What year was it? What was the time of the clock? What was the season? Was it winter, spring, fall? What was it? Paul tells us more. Paul tells us God did a thing. Look at verse 4. Just as he, God chose us for himself in Christ before the foundation of the world. Come on, saints. Do you, do you know what that means? Do you really know what it means? Before Genesis 1, 2, and 3, God did a thing. Before he created the heavens and the earth, God did a thing. Before he created the plant life, the animal life, and human life, God did a thing. Before our first parents had the opportunity to fall into sin, God did a thing. Before the flood, God did a thing. Before the Tower of Babel, God did a thing. Before the call of Abraham, God did a thing. Before the Exodus, God did a thing. Before the united and divided kingdoms, God did a thing. Before the exile, God did a thing. Before the 400 years of silence, God did a thing. Before the birth of Christ, God did a thing. Before Christ's earthly ministry, God did a thing. Before his death on the cross, God did a thing. Before Christ's resurrection, God did a thing. He chose you for himself in Christ Jesus. He did a thing. He did a thing. He freely did it for the foundation of the world, for his own glory, for his own name. So, Pastor Alex, are you saying that God thought about me even before there was a me? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. God has thought for you from all eternity. It means if you are a Christian today, if you have faith in faith in Jesus today, God chose you for himself in Christ in eternity past. In eternity past. The president of Wheaton College shared an illustration in one of his books that was used by another late Presbyterian minister to help people make sense of election. Because, let's be honest, election is confusing. And it's really hard to understand. Listen to these words closely from this The late minister says, the late minister would ask people to imagine a cross like the one on which Jesus died. So I want you to do that. Imagine a cross like the one on which Jesus died. Only that it's so large that it had a door built into it. So this big cross and there's a door built into it. Over the door, over the door were the words from Revelation. Whoever so those words represent the free and universal offer of the gospel. By God's grace, the, the message of salvation is for everyone. Every man and woman and child who will come to the cross is invited to believe in Jesus and enter eternal life. Now, on the other side of the door, a happy surprise awaits the one who believes. 
from the inside, anyone glancing back can see the words from Ephesians, Ephesians written above the door, chosen in Christ. You see what election really is? Election is best understood in higher sight. For it's only after coming to Christ that one can know whether one is chosen in Christ. Those chosen in Christ, those who make a decision for Jesus, find that God made a decision for them. That's what election is. You don't know until you come in and look back. That is his prerogative. That is his unmerited favor. That is the Father's blessing to you. But do you do it? But do you do it? Years ago, one of our neighbors um, asked if she could have an old piece, old damaged piece of furniture that we placed beside the road. And we told her, yes, she could have it. And she wanted the furniture because she takes old furniture and she restores it and then sells it. So she took our damaged piece of furniture, sanded it down, and she restored it into something beautiful. And I got, I was like, man, I wish I could have done that. <laughs> you see, God chooses for himself damaged, broken, sinful people to put a foundation on. And once they come to saving faith in him, he begins to restore them. God in them is beginning to heal. Just like the image of God in you, if you are a believer, is being restored and healed. This healing restoration is a blessing of God's unfavorited, God's unmerited favor. It is a Father's blessing, and it is called sanctification. Another theological concept. I know it sounds, but do you know what it means? It's different from justification. We talked about that in one of the songs that came justification, that is an act of God's free grace, by which he pardons all of your sins, accepts you as righteous in his, in his sight, only because of the righteousness of Christ given to you, received by faith alone. Now I want you to keep in mind, who, who is the audience of Paul's letter? Who does he write this letter to? He writes it to the saints who are in Ephesus, who are faithful in Jesus Christ. So that means they're already believers. They've already been justified by faith alone in Christ alone. They've, all, they've been chosen. And in verse 4b, Paul tells them the purpose, God's purpose for choosing him in himself, for himself in Christ before the foundation of the world. And that same purpose applies to each of us. If we have faith in Christ. Look at verses 3 and 4 again. Blessed be God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as he chose us for himself in Jesus before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. That's the purpose. Sanctification. Holiness and holiness. Pure and guilty. Holy and blameless. God chooses for himself. Damaged, broken, sinful, guilty, blameworthy people before the foundations of the world for the purpose of making them holy, holy before him. God chooses for himself damaged, broken, sinful, 
purpose of making them whole is holy before him in love. Amen. Remember the story about my neighbor, her restoring her, my, my old piece of furniture. That same process of restoration is happening to each of you. Your rough edges, because if you are Christian, you still got rough edges. Your rough edges are being sanded down in Christ. You're not restoring yourself. It's being done to you. That's how the Father loves you. You see, Jesus meets us where we are, and he saves us where we are, but he does not leave. That's sanctification. He's bringing you along. That is unmerited favor. It is sanctification. And sanctification, it is a work. No, not an act. It is a work. God's free grace, by which we are renewed in our whole person in the image of God, and by which we are enabled more and more to die to sin and to live to righteousness. But do we see these fruits? The good fruits. Sanctification in your life is progressive, but it is a guarantee. It is happening. What does Philippians 1 say? Sure it is. That he who began a good work in you would bring it to completion to the day of Christ Jesus. Amen. Ephesians 5 27 says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing, that she might be holy. Say it like you believe it by the grace of God I 
adoption is an act of God's free grace by which we are received into the number of sons and daughters of God and have a right to all the privileges of the Son. A right to all the privileges of being God's child. God the Father has, has placed his name upon you. And when he looks upon you, do you know what he says about you when he looks upon you every day? This is my beloved child. Whom I love. Got what? 
And if you forget that, It's not cookie cutter. It's not perfect. But you still need his family. God never intended you to walk through this life alone. Before the foundations of the world, it was his intent for his people to be in community and fellowship with others as a family united in Christ. Period. Do you believe it? Dr. Marie Hartwell Lawford, she was a marriage and family counselor. And uh, I once read an article on her website uh, from a letter from a 12 year old. And this 12 year old says, My dad and mama separated. I barely see my dad. But sometimes he would call and promise that he would take me somewhere or give me that gift I learned or something like that. But more and more lately, my dad has been breaking promises. And I can't help but to cry. He has broken. So, two words in this prayer. None of God's beloved children will ever, ever shed Ever shed for the children. Because God's Father's blessing or promise. Feel like they've been broken, but they're not. God tell a man that he should lie. Or tell a man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? Yes, he will fulfill it. So do you want God's Father's blessing? Do you want his unmerited favor?
um, without volunteering, you can sleep. Uh, check your email. Sometimes I've heard that my email is mary at centuryofthevillage.net. My code was BAM4. I sent a big email. <laughs> I sent it last week, on last Tuesday, and it's got a sign-up sheet as well. Um, or I shared the sign-up sign up sheet with some people. Um, you can check your email and just let me know when you can, what you can do, when you can do it. It also helps me because, um, you know, whatever doesn't get done, you know, obviously I have to get it done too. So it just helps me figure out like what needs to be get, getting done during the week before we meet. Um, what else? I think that's it. Thank you for everyone who signed up. If you are 